Longhorn fans, Sooner Nation, welcome to episode 39 of the Boomer Beeble Podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma. My man, Kevin Miller, to my right, with his Team USA shirt representing even after a hard draw against Wales, population 3.2 million. So that's right. A population of 3.2 million took us to a draw. Uh, and the United States has a population of 330 million. So if somebody wants to tell me that U.S. soccer is not run correctly, you will get no argument from myself, John Whitson, at the Boomer Bebo podcast. But we're not here to talk about men's soccer, even though Kevin and I could go all day. Am I wrong about that, Kevin? All day. Not at all. Oh. This could easily be a soccer podcast. We don't necessarily know anything. But we've been watching every game. We could go all. So if somebody wants to tweet us out, tweet at us. We'll give you. We'll give you any any um, any take you want on on soccer right now because we're all in. However, got a very special episode. This is a combo mega pack episode. We are recapping this last weekend. We know we're a couple days late, but that's okay. And we're pre gaming. What well, Texas's big game against Baylor on Black Friday. And Oklahoma's final regular season game in what I like to call Black Lubbock, um, just because uh, it's always windy. That might not have came out right, Kevin. Uh, but uh, it's just Lubbock just sucks, though. Yeah, Lubbock just sucks. Lubbock's Lubbock's terrible. So, however, that that probably didn't sound the way I wanted to. But that's how Lubbock makes you feel is awkward and inappropriate. So, um, in any case, Kevin, uh, what were your takeaways from last week? We had some. We want to hit these games real quick this time since we're going to be talking a lot of OU Texas or a lot of Oklahoma and a lot of Texas. But we had Georgia take care of business against Kentucky. Michigan sneaks out of a win with Illinois to stay in the playoff hunt. Yeah, crazy game, right? Blake Horn, the star running back, gets injured. We'll see if he's back for Ohio State this week. And yeah, man, they needed some big plays, including a controversial no call on what could have been an offensive pass interference call on the key fourth down on that game winning drive. Illinois is not getting that call, Kevin. Not when not when the big the Big Ten is trying to get a an undefeated matchup for uh, Michigan and Ohio State. There is no way they they could have held them. They could have tackled the guy on the sideline. They were going to get that call. Uh, TCU yeah. another hanging by their nails win over Baylor, running the field goal team out. Cool is the other side of the pil- pillow, kicking a forty three yarder to beat Baylor on the road, 29-28. Does this make you feel more confident for TCU going to the playoff or less confident that TCU is going to the playoff? Uh, more confident, man. I mean, the ability to win those games late, even if you don't play at your best for four quarters, man, I think that's the key for a championship team. I think every team that's won a championship has had moments like that where you have to make a play at the end to get the job done. So 100%. So everything they have this year, they deserve. Those two teams always play each other difficult. I think TCU's got their number, but it's always a great game. It's usually up and down the field, um, going back all the way to 2014 when they hosed themselves, each of themselves out of the playoff uh, in its inaugural year. Tennessee shockingly gets the you-know-what kicked out of them by Spencer Rattler in South Carolina. This guy looked – where'd this guy come from? It, it looked like he was the number one recruit and the best player in college football. Yeah, this is what we expected from him when he signed with OU a few years ago. 
we expected to see this version of him. Hey, good for him, right? To finally have the kind of moment to show the player that he has the ability to be. And um, but again, not, that's not even the biggest thing that happened in that game, though. The fact that Tennessee lost. Yeah, I mean yeah. that, and then Hendon Hooker uh, torn ACL. Man, tough, yeah. tough break for him. He's had an amazing yeah. season. All I've heard is what a great kid he is, too. So just a tough break for Tennessee and for him specifically. Yeah, that was um, Ole Miss falls to Arkansas, Lane Kiffin. Uh, Arkansas is a weird team, man. They can lose or win against anybody. It's so odd. How how Ole Miss ever loses that game is beyond me. And then lastly, every every Sooner fan's favorite, USC Trojans. Oh, go ahead. That, that um, Please. game. But... Anything not to talk about USC. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, not just that they lost. If you look at the final score, it's like, oh, 42 to 27. Arkansas was up 42 to 6. 42 to 6. In that wow. Game. Yeah, after the third quarter, it was 42 to 6. Uh, Ole Miss scored three garbage time touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it look respectable. But that was a beatdown. That was a beatdown. And I'm pretty sure. They had like 500 to 600 yards rushing. I listen. I think what we're saying, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you paused me here because I think that brings up an interesting point. We've talked about this in previous episodes about the SEC. How yes, Georgia is very, very, very good. Clearly, number one team in the country. It, it favorite to win the national championship. I don't know that anybody can hang with them, especially defensively. But once you get below Georgia, those, those teams. They've all got weaknesses, and they all have the op, you know the ability to get exposed by lesser talented teams. See Tennessee and South Carolina. See Ole Miss and Arkansas. Um, LSU might be the second best team. I mean, they're going to go play an SEC championship game, mm-hmm. but you know they're still a three loss team. Right? Are they a three loss team or a two loss team? Um, they might be a two loss team. Two. Yeah, yeah, they're a two loss team, but. Yeah. You don't feel great about. I mean, they're not some juggernaut of a team. If uh, if Texas was going to go play LSU in a bowl game, you wouldn't be freaking out that you had to play this great LSU team. You're like, yeah, we can probably beat LSU. So that's just fascinating in the SEC. I, um, I, it's going to be even more fascinating if we can maybe go there next year. We'll see. Uh, and lastly, Caleb Williams. Holy cow! Is this guy going to win a Heisman Trophy? I think he is. I think everything is lining up. For not only for him to win the Heisman Trophy, but for USC to potentially make the college football playoff and Lincoln Riley's first season as head coach, which would be pretty detrimental to the hearts and egos of OU fans everywhere. Look, they beat Notre Dame, and I mean they're look that they well they win their next two games and they're in. They're it's in. probably okay. Oregon, right? Probably Oregon. I would say so. Uh-huh. So they've got to be. They they haven't seen Oregon yet. Landing they, Landing's got those boys playing a little bit better. Um, so we'll see. But man, Caleb Williams is a special player, and it uh, it is a knife to the heart every time we watch him. Uh, Kevin Oklahoma won twenty eight to thirteen. We're going to break that game down. Texas finally shows up and shows out fifty five fourteen over Kansas. Uh, you went two and one. Your only loss was. Uh, I thought you picked Kansas to cover at least, which is I did. Critical. I picked Kansas to cover, so that's one of those. Yeah, but either that two and one that gets you to nineteen and nineteen on the season, so you're at five hundred, and my record is immaterial. Mine does not matter. 
So we are so far in the hole. I think we only have a couple weeks left of picking games. I couldn't catch it. 15 and 23. It's so bad. Please do not listen to John's picks. He doesn't know what he's talking about. This week on tap, rivalry week, end of the season games prior to the uh, championship weekends, uh, season finale games for Oklahoma and Texas, uh, the Egg Bowl, uh, Miss, uh, Mississippi State at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, your uh, your Friday night game, though, and I think that's a – is the Egg Bowl the Thursday game? I believe is that right? it is a Thursday game. Okay, that's why I had to list it first on my list here. Okay, Egg Bowl's Thursday game. Then on Friday, folks, which is another reason why we're only doing one mega episode, is because Baylor goes to Texas on the 40 Acres – and Texas is a nine-point favorite Friday at 11 a.m. Uh, you'll be the only game in town, except you'll be going up against a uh, World Cup soccer game against England, which will be maybe an hour, an hour and a half after your kickoff game. So, um, But I'm sure, you know, it's Texas football. Y'all are all drawn. That's no problem. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah, you know, um, no, it's tough, though, because, I mean, the World Cup is once every four years, and it's against England. It's a huge game. Yes, but you are playing for a – if you win and K-State loses, you're in the Big 12 championship. I mean, I, the odds could be – you know, the, the hype could be the same there. Uh, Florida plays Florida State, nine-and-a-half-point favorite for Florida State. The Iron Bowl, Bama is a 22-point favorite hosting Auburn. Um, the game – well, I think there's – the game of the week is Michigan and Ohio State. I was going to say Notre Dame-USC. That's a, that's a pretty close second. But the game that's of the week is Michigan. The game of the week is Michigan at Ohio State. Seven and a half points to Ohio State. Look, we talked about Michigan and Illinois. Again, you take the win this time of year. It doesn't matter how it comes. I'm not picking on them. Illinois is a good team this year. I just – I don't see them hanging with Ohio State at Ohio State. Do you? No, I don't. I don't, man. I think this is the time – after what happened last year, you remember what happened last year, right? Michigan just lined it up and ran at them just the whole game. Yeah. They were the yeah. much more physical. And I lo- and I loved it. I was there it was, for yeah, it. Yeah, it was great to watch. I was there for yeah. it too, man. It was great. And I think that Ohio State's really going to make an effort to try to match or exceed the physicality that Michigan brings. So I think Ohio State is going to put some points up. I don't know if Michigan is capable of doing that. Their offense this year, it's okay but I don't see them being able to make the explosive plays in the passing game, especially if Blake Corum is not 100%. Remember, he got yeah. hurt in the second quarter of that game against Illinois, and he did not return. So if he's out, man, or if he's not 100%, that is bad news for Michigan. If C.J. Stroud shows out, does he pass uh, uh, Caleb Williams in the Heisman race? Potentially, yeah, potentially. It feels like oh, front runner guy coming into the season. So it feels like Ohio State just hasn't had any big games. They haven't had anything worth watching since Penn State, and even before that, you know that Notre Dame game was so early on, and it was such a boring game. Um, And Ohio State didn't play very good. People came away thinking Notre Dame's defense was pretty good, but other than that, there hasn't been a yeah. But other than that, there hasn't been a reason to watch Ohio State. So this is a reason to watch Ohio State. I mean, this is going to be big-time football. This is what you want to watch. Uh, it's going to be easy, interesting to see how it performs. Oregon's a favored uh, three at Oregon State. LSU, 10-point favorite at A&M. A&M, uh, the pictures of the crowd when A&M played UMass, uh, it looked like you were watching a non-con Big 12 basketball game picture 
on a Tuesday because there was nobody in the stands. You know, and even A&M in the 2000s or in the 90s always had fan support, no matter who they were playing. And I know the weather sucked. It was raining. It was in the 30s, and it was UMass. But, wow, you just don't see that at Kyle Field. No, you don't. But you don't see four. If they they lose, you don't. If you lose, though, you don't see four and eight very often at A&M either. I mean, you don't. No. they haven't had gone four and eight since like the fifties or something like that. So yeah, uh, this is a historic. You know, Texas fans a lot of crap for going five and seven. And, and listen, Texas deserved every, all all that. But I mean, to go four and eight in a year that you were, you know, ranked number six in the preseason poll, and yes. everybody thought that this could be your year into four and eight, just a da- disaster. Notre Dame at USC, five and a half point favorite to USC. Uh, we kind of broke that game. It's it's Caleb Williams versus Notre Dame defense. That's that's the matchup, and it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I would say I would worry about Notre Dame scoring, but they're also playing against an Alex Grinch defense. So I give Notre Dame a lot of opportunities to score. Oklahoma Sooners go to Lubbock, where we are a two point favorite, and then Kansas. Uh, uh, wait a minute. Let me wait, let me reset this game. A very much importance to Texas fan. Kansas at K State. K-State, an 11.5-point favorite. That is a night game on Saturday. That is a huge game for Texas if you beat Baylor. Because if K-State loses, you make it to the Big 12 championship game, which has to be one of the weirdest journeys to a Big 12 championship game in the history of the – since we've gone to this you know format, this yeah. round-robin for – Yeah, and, and I can't imagine a scenario where you lose to Tech and then you're – I mean, it's just crazy to have three lo- three losses and a ten. I mean, and still make it. It's just going to be a yeah, really. It's, it's, it's very bizarre. Um, before we uh, break down, let's give a quick shout out to our title sponsor. Um, Brano Haver wants me to wish everybody out there a happy Thanksgiving, safe travels. Um, if you have any cooking accidents and you end up burning your kitchen down and it affects your cabinetry and your countertops and your flooring and everything that's in your kitchen and you don't know who to turn to to adjust the insurance claim for you, you call Brown O'Haver, 405-735-5510. This week only, Brown O'Haver specializes in Thanksgiving dinner kitchen burnouts. Call us at 405-735-5510 and get the super secret special deal on Thanksgiving kitchen burnouts when you burn your kitchen down because you're not paying attention to your turkey and you're paying attention to the Cowboys and whoever else you watch on Thursday football. We got like three games. Who do the Cowboys play? The Giants. And then before Man. that, you have – yeah. And how about this? You know, Detroit – the Detroit Lions always host a game Thanksgiving morning. They'll be playing the Buffalo Bills. Well, I'll tell you what. We've talked about Detroit on this show. Everybody knows that John from the BBP is a big Detroit fan. They're starting to play better. They're starting to get a couple wins, have a little bit of confidence. I like the direction they're trending. It's all going to fall apart against Buffalo, but that's okay. And then there's some late night game. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And then the third game is um, Minnesota and New England. Minnesota got the absolute snot beat out of them by Dallas. I did not see that one coming. Neither did I. I mean, I thought Dallas would win the game, but I didn't think it would be. Yeah, but Mike, you just don't see blow. You don't see blowouts like that in the pros very often. 
Not against two good teams. Yeah. Right. You know, typically, you know, typically that they always even out by the end of the game, you know, and it ends up being 30 to 24. And you're like, man, that ended up being a better game than I thought. No. Dallas just went off the close. Speaking of teams that destroy teams, Texas fans just got to feel pretty puffed out out of finally kind of taking some anger and aggression out on Kansas. Kevin, walk us through the 55-14 win against the Kansas Jayhawks. Well, you know, you got to give Sark some credit for actually having a decent game plan and sticking to it, right? I think he realized this, and we're on the road. Our quarterback hasn't done a great job throwing the ball, hasn't been super accurate, missed on some throws. Oh, look, I've got the best running back in college football. Maybe I should just give him the ball and keep giving him the ball. So they fed Bijan, and he delivered. I mean, we had 25 carries, uh, 230 yards rushing. Was that his career day? Was that a career day? Yeah, it was a career day for him. It was great to see, man. Um, He just did whatever he wanted. He had some runs in that game that even I couldn't believe, someone who's watched pretty much every carry he's had in his career. And he just – How did Quinn look? How How did Quinn look? He looked like he's been the majority of the season since he's come back from the injury besides the OU game. He was he was fine. Um, no spectacular throws. He had a couple touchdowns, or he had one touchdown, I think. Um but the so you're putting the fifty five you're putting the fifty five fourteen solely on the on the legs of, of Bijan. Correct. And the other running backs in the offensive line. Yeah. Okay. And then the defense, of course. The defense played great. But, no, he didn't do anything special at all. This was all about the running game, especially Bijan. Uh, Roshan was okay. He actually ended up getting injured. Hopefully it's not a bad injury for him. But um, there are other running backs. Keelan Robinson looked good. And Jonathan Brooks, he's a young guy. He's a redshirt freshman who I think can be their starting tailback this um, next year once um, Bijan is gone. He had a, about 140 yards rushing himself. Like I said, he's a third or fourth string running back now. So it was a great game plan. It was good to see uh, him just continue to feed the backs, just keep going right at that Kansas defense. And by the middle of the second quarter, man, they just didn't want. Did it feel? Here. Did it feel good to finally get a win like this? That you just it did. That you just like say, yeah. I'm just going to curb stomp. Like I'm going to knock you down, curb stomp you. This game's going to be over, and I can just sit back and feed my running back the ball for the next three quarters. Correct, right? I mean, we finally saw the defense. They had the complimentary football that, that's that been missing throughout uh, major points this season. The defense was great. The line dominated. Kansas couldn't get anything going with their running game. Uh, Jalen Daniels was back. It was good to see him back, but he was clearly rusty, right? Matter of fact, I think he kind of hurt them more than he helped. Really? Right? I mean, I think everybody yeah. was excited to see him back out there, but he just – there was no real rhythm with the receivers. Um, the run game never got going. I think if Jason Bean would have played, I think it would have been – they would have put more points up, honestly. But it was kind of one of those things. It's like with Quinn and um, Hudson Card, right? You kind of put the more talented guy in. Yeah, yeah and, you're, you're not, and you're not supposed to – Daniels has played so well up until he got hurt. It's, yeah. It wasn't like – you were looking to replace him. All right. That's as much as I can talk about a 55 to 14 beat down. Uh, I did think y'all looked really good. I thought Bijan looked really good. So we take that confidence from Lawrence. All right. 
We're now translating it back home to the 40 acres, DKR. Huge game because it keeps you at least in the conversation for the Big 12 title. What are our keys to victory against Baylor? Well, you got to, again, establish the running game with Bijan. This is a tough defense, right? Dave Aranda always has his guys. They're usually very disciplined. They tackle well. They don't blow coverages, right? But they're going to have to stay committed to the run and understand that even if Baylor has some success against Bijan early, you got to keep giving them the ball eventually. Eventually it's going to break. Hopefully they can take a couple shots and hit a couple shots. Again, they've struggled with this for the last month and a half with viewers. But just set up the run, see if you can hit some shots. Defensively for Texas, they're going to have to contain the Baylor running game. It's looked really good. They've got two really good backs. OU fans know about this. Uh, they remember Squirrel running all over them. I, I'm very well. Yeah, back. Thank you. Thank you for Squirrel. <laughs> Richard Reese is having a great season also. So they're going to have to stop that running game. Um, I feel like they have the uh, defensive line to be able to do it. Texas does. But again, you know, once the game starts, they're going to have to do it. I'll tell you this. If you'd asked me at the beginning of the year um, who was going to have the better defense, I would have taken Baylor all day long. But y'all got the better defense. Y'all, y'all, y'all have the better defense by, um, uh, almost, almost fifty points on the year. Um, almost yeah. a, almost a five point a game average. Um, yeah. you're running that your rushing defense is six yards better. They do have a little nick on you on your pat on their passing defense, but y'all are a better defense than them. So you're. The way I look at it, right, you're a better defense. You've got um, the best running back in college football who maybe Sark realizes that by game 11, right, or 12. Mm -hmm. This will be game 12, right? Maybe he's realized that by game 12, and you're at home, and you're playing for something. I mean, everything everything is lining up for Texas to win this game. What am I missing? You're not missing anything. They just got to go get it done. And the Baylor's going to show up, right? They show up pretty much for every game except for that weird uh, K-State game. They got smacked 31-3 to at home, right? Um, they've had some interesting losses, right? The, the K-State loss. Again, K-State's a good football team. But you wouldn't expect Baylor to, to lose 31-3 to at home, right? They also lost to West Virginia earlier in the season. And, of course, the BYU loss, which looks worse and worse as the season has gone on. But I expect to see the best of Baylor on Friday because they're playing Texas, and Texas typically gets the best of everyone. So I'm expecting a tough game, but I feel like it's one Texas can and should win. All right. Texas as a nine-point favorite. You know what? We didn't pick. We got to pick another game, too, here. But we'll pick this Texas game first. Texas is a nine-point favorite against Baylor. I am taking Texas to cover I think Texas wins for the three reasons I mentioned. They have a better defense, Bijan Robinson, more to play for. Texas covers the nine. What do you say? Yeah, I think Texas wins and also pick them to cover. Okay, you got Texas to cover. Hey, we need to pick another game. We were remiss. Uh, do we want to do Michigan Ohio State or do we want to do Notre Dame USC? Let's do Michigan Ohio State. 
All right. Seven and a half to Ohio State. Who do you got? Ohio State winning and covering. Yeah. I got no chance of catching you because something tells me, well, we just – I picked Ohio State too. I, I don't know. We, we talked about that game, but I still don't see how Michigan gets the points. Um, all right. Well, hey, listen. The Texas – if Texas can get to the Big 12 championship game, I think that is that is a roller coaster year. But it, it really, really, really for the first time – I think this is even more growth than what you've seen out of Ellinger because it's such a big turnaround from five and seven. Um, I think the thing that, you know, frustrates fans is like, where's it been? Where has this been all year when you play a team like Kansas and you roll them? But you know what? As an Oklahoma fan, I would just tell you, enjoy where you're at because even where you've been only lasts and sometimes uh, a quarter's worth of work. So let's talk about that Oklahoma, Oklahoma State game. Kevin. 28 points in the first half by Oklahoma's offense. Their first first quarter, first quarter defensively, three and three, uh, three and out. Take the ball 75 yards on five plays to go up seven-nothing. Interception, touchdown, interception, touchdown. Something happens, something happens, and another touchdown. All in the first quarter. And we're talking on the arm of Dylan Gabriel. The hands of Drake Stoops twice, but the one where he was leaning back was just fantastic. Jaleel Farouk was making plays. Braden Willis was making plays. This offense was clicking like we had not seen it all year, but like we kind of expected it to. We said this is the offense that Jeff Levy is is, is going to be known. He's going to be able to dial up these formations. He's going to be dial up route combinations. He's going to be able to dial up all these different looks. It's going to keep the defense on their heels. We're going to have pace. And it all came true. It all came to fruition for 15 glorious minutes of football. And the defense was right there with them, making big plays, making Spencer Sanders just look terrible. You and I were texting back and forth during the game. He almost looked like he was sick, like he like he had a cold or the flu he because his, his eyes were all drawn. And, you know, and he just – he looked out. He looked winded, like he was breathing through his mouth. Yeah, yeah. It just was weird. Um, and just the decisions he made, even though our guys were in, you know, we, I mean, listen to this. Listen to these stats real quick. This is the defensive stats, which have been said a lot over the week. This is the one problem with having this game recap a little later is, you know, I feel like sometimes I might be like regurgitating, but they, they still bear repeating. Um, they did allow 484 yards. So, you know, that's not like some amazing deal. But they only allowed 13 points, four interceptions, six sacks, 13 tackles for losses, seven pass breakups, and 12 quarterback parties. That's the defensive performance in this game. It's as, it's as solid a performance as we've had all year. Yeah, you'll, you'll take that all day. Oh, yeah, my God, take it every game. And it was just really, really fantastic. And you started to see glimpses of what you wanted to see with Brent Venables. The pressure coinciding with the aggressive play in the secondary, not letting anything get behind you, no busts. When an opportunity to make a play was there, we made it. Uh, Billy Bowman had just a tremendous football game. He looked like – I really wish he wouldn't have got hurt in the middle of the year because, my goodness, he he looked fantastic. Um, so then – but go to the offensive side. So that was the defense. And I can't stress this enough. Fantastic job. All that excitement that I felt in the first quarter, much like Texas was feeling in the first quarter against Kansas, just rolling, rolling, rolling. 
Kevin, it just inexplicably came to a screeching halt. Okay? One for 14 on third downs the entire game. That's including a 28-point first quarter. We were one for 14 on third downs. Zero for one on fourth downs. And the three and outs, I think we only had one first down after the nine-minute mark in the third quarter. Like, it was shockingly bad offensive football. As good as it was, and, and not only was it bad, and not only was, what whether it was the play calling or the execution or whatever, but it was stupid, okay? And when you, when you pass the, when you're up 28 to three and you're passing the ball three times in the third quarter and going three and out, and you're doing it in like 14 seconds. That is stupid, stupid football. Listen, welcome to being a Texas fan. That's what that's been like under Sark. Except imagine that happening and the other team is scoring, right? So your lead is just dwindling and you just see it just slowly going away where your offense is doing nothing. Your defense is starting to get tired. And then well, eventually your lead is gone. We thought it was so going to go that way. I understand your frustration. Yeah. We thought it was I, – I mean, I think Oklahoma fan was thinking it was going to go that way, but I don't know. I never felt like Oklahoma State was just killing it. So as I'm no. watching it, I never thought we were – but it was just the frustration of what in the hell are we doing? Like, listen, that you've, got Eric, you've got Eric Gray, though. you got Eric Gray. Just run him, man. You Javante Barnes. Even if you run him three times and you take three minutes off the clock or four minutes off the clock, then okay. Listen, that first quarter – was reminiscent of what we saw from Texas against OU in the first quarter in the Cotton Bowl last year. Remember that? Um, with Casey Thompson. It also reminded me, from an OU perspective, the Rose Bowl against Georgia, where that was just an absolute masterclass by Lincoln Riley in the yes. first half. Yep. I mean, I'm like, Jeff Levy is just completely out of his mind right now. The, the You know, some of the design... I mean, it was it was brilliant. So and I don't know what happened. So what I've heard, a little bit I've listened to sports radio this this week, um, is the argument that clearly Levy and Dylan Gabriel and the offense are really really good at scripted plays. Now, okay, yeah, I mean, you see that the same thing with Sark and his offense. They script the first the, the first few plays. Everybody does. And so, Mike, I ask you this question, and I and it's kind of flippant. I know it's not reasonable, but I'm going to ask it anyway because this is just John's version of a of a pie in the sky fan. Sometimes, why don't we just script all the plays? Like, who cares? Because, honest to God, when we get to the third quarter and we have no idea, it's not like we're making a better decision than whatever play we might have came up with. Like, let's just go ahead and come up with 75 plays. You know, and those and those are the 75 plays we're going to run, regardless of what the situation is. Because I'll tell you what, dude, after play 30 on Saturday, they could have ran any play in the playbook and it wouldn't work. So run, know, let's, skip, let's script 75. Let's script 75 plays. I don't know if I've ever seen the team score 28 in the first quarter and then not score a point the rest of the game. Dude, they didn't even get a first down, bro. They got one first down. Yeah. Talk about score it's a point. So I don't know if they're going to get a first down again when they go to Texas yeah, Tech. I mean, even Sark with some of his messes, right, in the second halves of games, 
I don't know if I've ever seen them not get a point. I mean, listen, they've had several three-point second halves, even this year, in games where they'll score 25, you know, close to 30 in the first half and literally a field goal in the entire second half. So I get it. I don't know what happened. Well, you know, Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley would usually come out – it would usually go stale after the first quarter, but then it'd come out in the second quarter and get a quick touchdown. Yeah. And, you, and you'd, think that you'd think the train was back on the rails, and, and maybe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, you know, it's so basically the way I look at it from an offensive perspective is, and maybe this is going to come with growth. Maybe this is going to come with maturation and the play caller. Um, maybe he leaned a lot more on Lane Kiffin than we realized Jeff Levy, whatever the case may be. But the first quarter is the, is the full potential of the Oklahoma offense under Jeff Levy. Correct. Right. Yeah, that is you saw the, what could be what could be run game, pass game, tempo, um, routes, play the whole, the whole the play design, the whole thing. It was just um, to your point, masterclass. However, the, the other three quarters represent what the absolute worst can be. And and to be honest, Kevin, we've seen that just as much as we've seen the we have seen the last three. I mean, these last three were really bad. Like I don't even know if we've seen anything this bad. I mean, West Virginia, at least we were getting first downs in the fourth quarter against them. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it, it just – you want to beat Bev, you want to beat Oklahoma State. You want to beat Mike yeah. Bendy. You want to beat Spencer Sanders. But and, – and, and, and I'll tell you what. You don't know what those recruits – we had a great recruiting night. Can you imagine? Those recruits, a lot of recruits, if, there's, if their attention span lasts 15 minutes, they had an amazing first quarter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. You know, they saw what they needed to see. They saw what they needed to see. And, 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 you know, they're not sitting there like a fan. I don't think they are anyway. So there's a lot of positives to come out of um, Saturday night. But. Yeah, more more positives than negatives, right? You you beat your rival. You beat them by 15 points. Um, I do want to say this, too. Uh, As far as the defense goes, you guys made Spencer Sanders look horrible, right? He did make some decisions. From the jump, their offense was off. I mean, him and the receiver's not on the same page. He's launching a ball 30 yards downfield where the receiver's running a five-yard hitch route, gets intercepted. That's um, bad. That was bad. The interception by Billy Bowman, okay, I am not mad at Spencer Sanders for that. It was a corner blitz. So he made the right decision to throw. Now, the throw was a little bit too far inside. Yeah. But Billy Bowman's range on that play, that is not average safety play. Okay, that is that kind of skills is something that you see from Earl Thomas. No, don't say that. Don't say that for me. I don't know. I don't need that right now. Listen to me, man. I'm I'm being 100% serious. That's Michael Griffin in the uh, BCS National Championship game for Texas against USC. He was playing in the middle of the field, and it's a go route. And he gets there, and again, the ball should have been thrown to the outside shoulder instead of the inside. Yeah. But again, average safeties. The majority of safeties in college football do not get there and make that play like that. Um, Go back and watch it, man. I'm telling you. I know you don't want to get too excited about Billy Bowman. No, I, like I said, no, like I said about Billy Bowman. Like I said about Billy Bowman. Yeah, I, it just sucks that he got hurt in the middle of the year. Only for him, not even for the team, but for yeah. him, he had, he had a great year. They finally got him in a spot. They left him in the spot. They let him get really, really good at it. He's the best player on defense. Yeah, and that's what a five-star safety looks like. I mean, again, that's the kind of plays I saw from Earl Thomas when he and, was at Texas. And, and 
we have listen. We've been much maligned against Brent Venables' defense. It has been up and down this year. They've done some really dumb stuff, especially against the run late in games. Yada yada yada. But here's the thing: you compare Billy Bowman's progress over the year under Brent Venables versus his progress under the year under Alex Grinch. It's not even close. And same thing with Danny Stutzman. Danny Stutzman's progress way better. Cornerbacks way better. Right, and now we got that C, the CJ. Um, it's not is it golden? Golden CJ Golden. Like first of all, I think they might have misread the room. He probably should have started the whole year because he's been a turnover machine. He's been fantastic. But you're just seeing a lot of improvement. Not so much along the defensive line, but according to these stats I just read you, it's the best defensive line game they've had all year. So at least yeah. things are trending up. What and the good thing for Oklahoma or for OU also, right? We talked about this. OU struggled stopping the run all season, right? Coming into the game, Oklahoma State has not been able to run the ball effectively all year, right? So not even then, they were going to be able to run on you. I think OU has the worst run defense in the conference, right? Yeah. Coming into the game, but OU, OSU's run game has been poor all all year. You guys were able to stop that and really focus on Spencer Sanders. You know, one of my criticisms of Tom Herman was that he put too much on the plate of Sam Ellinger as a quarterback. If you look at Spencer Sanders' stats, he threw the ball 67 times. Yeah, and had and, – and had In 17 carries. Yeah, yeah. What are we talking about here? That is a lot to put on. Look, I know he's a senior, and I know he's your guy. But 67 passes and 17 carries. I mean, that is not setting your guy up and your team up uh, for, for success, in my opinion. So. Mike Gundy – Flat out gets out coached every time he plays Oklahoma. He just does. We should have won the game. We the, Oklahoma State was a better team last year, and he almost got out coached in that game. He almost he almost screwed it up last year. And this year, I mean, look, oh, this is not a good OU team. This is not a good OU team. Now, did we get up early and all? That? Yeah, but even then, he just makes weird decisions, man. He makes and it's yeah. He just makes and he, and he doesn't the go for in the yes. Yeah. And it's like, and you see him over there on the, you see him over on the, but he's done this for every year, Kevin. That's what's so crazy about it. And if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you just, you know, he makes the funny remarks about, you know, well, that's just the way it goes. You know, it's like, no, man, stop that. Like, but hey, for all you fan, I freaking love it. I'm for it. Yeah, you'll take it. You'll take it, right? Uh, Yeah, it's just, it's it's weird, man. But I I don't, you more positives than negatives. Okay, well, let's take those positives and negatives, and let's apply them to Texas Tech. Um, Texas Tech and Oklahoma have the same record. Am I right? Yeah, the exact same record. They're both six and five. OU is three and five in conference, and Tech is four and four. It's not a pushover for Texas Tech. I mean, this is not like a typical Texas Tech team and definitely not a typical OU team. So I have no idea what's going to happen. OU is eight yards better. Um in the passing and passing game offensively uh, or I'm sorry, defensively and tech is 47 yards better. Uh, I don't even know what those stats are. Forget it. It doesn't matter. The point is they're very even teams. They're very even teams and we're going to Texas tech. So the question's got to be in my mind for a six thirty game, last game of the season, you're playing for pride for both, both teams is who, who's going to get up for it. I know that sounds weird, 
for its two, six, and five teams. But I think this is where we're at. Like, yeah, and it's it even sounds it even sounds weird coming out of an OU fan's mouth. Like that's the kind of stuff that I never thought an OU team would have to say in the last game of the season. But it's like literally, I think if OU wants it more, they're the better team than Texas Tech. Um, you told me somebody might be hurt for Tech. Yeah, uh, Tyree Wilson, their best player on defense. He's a oh that would help projected potential first round pick. He's their edge rusher. Uh, he hurt his foot in their game against Kansas, and he announced that he'll be out for the rest of the season, and he is uh, entering the NFL draft. So, yeah, he's done, and that helps a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's a really, really talented player. Okay. Well, that's that helps. ESPN has Tech as a 51% chance to win on their matchup predictor. Um, that's as close as you can get, though, man. It really is. And, and – and, Text at home, that's probably where they're getting that 1%. Yeah. Um, it's what did we say the line was? A two point line for Oklahoma? It's like a two, yeah. Oh, you buy two. Um, I don't know, man. Texas Tech, it's a weird place to play. I don't know that yeah. the weather is going to be particularly bad one way or the other, is it? I don't think so. So I just, I, I don't know what to think of this game, dude. I, um, I think that the defense is feeling confident. I think if they can have some success. Texas Tech does not run the ball well. This is a lot like uh, Oklahoma State. So they don't have to – they can can key in on the passing game like it seemed like they did against Oklahoma State. And if they can take that same blueprint plus somehow maybe recapture a little more of the first quarter, a little less of the last three quarters offensively, I think they win the game comfortably. But if – that's that's just a thought in my brain. What I mean, what do you think? No, I no, I agree. I agree. Um, you know, you're gonna have to stop the run. They don't run the ball great, like you just said, but their quarterback, Donovan Smith, can run. He can be elusive. He's a big guy. Um, you know, six five, two thirty type uh frame. And he can be effective with his legs. So I think that's where you're gonna have to be really disciplined. Because we saw what happened in the West Virginia game once they brought in their second quarterback and they ended up running for yeah, the yard. So. But we did show some improvement against Spencer Sanders doing that. I mean, I thought we were better True. against the running quarterback. Uh, yeah, I think maybe the surprise element with the West Virginia guys would No, I think it's because we sucked against West Virginia. I think it's because we sucked against West Virginia. True, true. But I think you don't you weren't expecting to see that guy come into the game. Right? You, if you game plan for JT Daniels who just sits in the pocket and throws a football. And then all of a sudden you get this guy who runs the ball. It can be difficult to adjust on the fly uh, to that. All right. Pick, the, pick this game for me. It's two, uh, two points for Oklahoma. Winning. Oh, you're yeah, winning and covering? Covering, yeah. You know, what the heck? To do it, so. What the heck? Boomer Sooner, my last regular season pick of the year. Go down in a flame of glory here. Um, you Listen, dude, you've got the chance to go over 500. You're 500 right now. 19 for 19 on the year. If you can pull this is like a Texas type turnaround. If you can pull out a two and one or a three and oh, that'd be pretty fantastic, dude. People are making money listening to Kevin Miller. Hey man, I'm here for the people. I'm a man of dude, the forget this boomer bebo stuff, dude. Let's start one of these little, you know, uh sports books type things. Just do them on the internet, you know, like FanDuel. Yeah, we can do it. That, right? we should. Um, dude, listen, I I love Thanksgiving because it's to me, it's such it's a more stress free holiday than te- than Christmas. Oh, for you know, sure. yeah. you're just everybody's just a tad bit more chill. Um, 
and there's so much football on all weekend. You know, I mean, we're talking about Texas. We're talking about Dallas on the on 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 Thursday, of course, and then you got Texas on Friday. OU is on Saturday, plus Michigan and Ohio State. I mean, it's just going to be a great weekend of football, a great weekend to be with family and friends. Everybody, be safe, be well, eat well, be back with us on Sunday for our final regular season post game, where we'll break down. Uh, we should have bowl. We won't have bowl assignments yet, but we'll break down the, the re- conference championship matchups. Yep, we'll preview the conference championship matchups. Break down kind of the put a put a bow on the regular seasons of OU Texas and, and uh, Texas. And uh, again, everybody, just be safe and have a great Thanksgiving, especially you, Kevin Miller. Boomer. Same to you. Hook him.